0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna for a brand new show, Match Day Live. I'm going to be where possible, bringing you uh, some matchday build-up to Arsenal games. Of course, Arsenal at home to Chelsea in our first home Premier League fixture of the season. I'm just about ready to head down to the Emirates, but not before uh, we get a cheeky podcast out there. So I want to say a big hello uh, to those of you who are watching us live. Uh, a big hello to those of you who'll be watching this between now and kickoff, or maybe those of you who are catching it a little bit later on. Uh, if you're listening via the audio as well, good uh, afternoon. Make sure you are subscribed make sure you are leaving us reviews on apple podcasts and all that jazz let's get it out of the way early doors, so we don't have to talk about it again uh, just a quick reminder as well while we're on the subject of housekeeping this show is brought to you by manscaped.com so for all your male grooming needs head over to manscaped.com enter our discount code which is 19 in 20 and you shall receive 20 percent off of your order as well as free shipping now let's get into it. Arsenal versus Chelsea at Emirates Stadium, a capacity crowd uh, allowed back at the Emirates Stadium for the first time in a long time. And I'll tell you what, I am absolutely buzzing to get back to it. I know But there's quite a bit of negativity around the club at the moment. I know there are a lot of Arsenal fans out there with genuine concerns about the direction in which this team is heading, about whether we've done enough in the transfer window to close the gap on the sides that we are looking to leapfrog uh, during the course of this season. But what I would say is... Yes all those concerns are valid but when you get to Emirates Stadium today if you're going or whether you're watching it from TV whether you're overseas just get behind the team during the game it's so so important that the players feel that we're behind them home advantage wasn't really a thing last season because of uh, the covid pandemic because we were playing in front of empty stadiums and now i think you've seen in the first couple of weeks of this season that home advantage is a big deal when it's packed when a stadium is packed to the rafters with fans. We talked during the week about the idea or the potential of the stadium not necessarily um, being full and that there were tickets still available. And obviously that is uh, disappointing to see, but we'll make the best out of the situation. Uh, We make the best out of, uh, you know, whatever happens. It's... We get there, we support the team and everybody, please just, uh, you know, get behind the team while you're in the ground, especially because that energy does come through to the players. They do feel it. Moans and groans every time there's a misplaced pass and all of that jazz doesn't help anybody. Now, um, one of the big rumours going around this morning, and it is a rumour. I want to stress that I tweeted it out earlier today and I actually put the word there are rumours going around. This is not from me. Uh, So I don't want people jumping on my back uh, about it. I know a lot of people are saying that nobody credible has said it yet. I think... This rumour has come about from uh, some pictures that emerged from training, from some reports that came out uh, suggesting that Ben White hadn't taken part yesterday and had to be sent home or whatever uh, the, the kind of basis of that story. But there is a lot of talk that Ben White may be unavailable for today's game. Now, again, let me stress the point. I don't know that for sure. I'm going by what I've read. I'm going by what I've heard. Granted, where I've heard this from, Uh, has at times proven to be really good and has told me stuff that has come to fruition. Uh, Told me, for example, the Arsenal result against Millwall and the goal scorers, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that I've heard from this particular source. And well, I heard that from a couple of sources, but one of the things I heard was was some results from the preseason, those games that were played behind closed doors, and they proved to be accurate. But I also know this person has got things wrong in the past as well, which is why I've been very careful in uh, the way that we've put this message out. Is Ben White ruled out? Well, the answer is we don't really know. But there are strong rumours gathering wind, uh, gathering pace, if you like. Uh, That he will miss today's game against Chelsea, in which case Mikel Arteta's got some more thinking to do about that defense. Not going to jump in too much about the lineup and about how we should play because we did that on the preview show. If you haven't called that already, then please do check it out. If you're a YouTube user, it's the last, not the last video, the one before. Uh, And if you're a podcast listener, it is the last episode. So uh, please do check that out. But as I say, rumors that Ben White may not be available today. Again, want to stress the point that until we get that team news at around about 3.30pm, we're not really going to know. Uh, I wonder if we'll hear a little bit more from some of the journalists, uh, some of the big name journalists that have been a bit quiet this morning on this, probably trying to uh, get some uh, understanding of this and and trying to work out whether it is a situation. I'm sure they would have seen uh, the rumours flying around and I'm sure they'll be working hard to confirm that one way or the other. So Not guaranteed, not definite, not 100%, but there are rumours Ben White misses today's game, in which case we've got to think hard about what we do at the back because I really, really do want to see Arsenal line up with a back three today. I really do think that is the way to go against Chelsea. I don't think you can play the 4-2-3-1 against this Thomas Tuchel system. I think it is so efficient, so effective that we would struggle to cope with it anyway. But if you go up against them in that system that we normally play i think we'll have a lot of problems i think we'll struggle to cope with their wing backs bombing on i think we'll struggle to get our centre forward into the game because of the fact that they're going to be you know dealing with three centre backs i think one of their centre backs is always stepping into that midfield and that causes us problems as well because what it means is that they create that overload it's an extra body for them and i think um and i think we you know we have ch- Troubles in the midfield, anyway, especially without Thomas Partey. I think that will be, what's the word, amplified further uh, with without kind of uh, Partey in there. And I think we're going to struggle if we don't try and match them up. I think we need to deal with the movement uh, in and around the centre forward. We know that Chelsea do play with a, a centre forward, which is likely to be Romelu Lukaku. They broke the bank to bring him back to the club. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't play today. And I think what they'll look to do is get the likes of Kai Havertz, possibly Timo Werner, in and around him, around the penalty area. And therefore, having that extra centre-back for me becomes really, really important. So that's the way I would go. I've spoken about it all week. I think it's the right way. I think it's the sensible way to go about it. Don't know for sure that that's what Mikel's going to do. But um, yeah, I think that's the way that you play Chelsea. I think that's the way that you take them on. So if you're just joining us uh, a few minutes late, just a quick update on some of the reports, some of the rumors going around. Uh, Ben White could be missing today, uh, according to some reports. Uh, He has supposedly tested positive for COVID, according to these very reports. However, as I say, we won't get... proper confirmation on that until a little bit later on today. I don't know if we'll hear anything prior to the team news coming out, but it seems like uh, there is some question marks and some doubts over more players in this squad now with regards to the COVID virus. Now, we missed Aubameyang, we missed Lacazette. Uh, for the game against Brentford, William and Renarsen were also ruled out. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was back in training. There were some pictures doing the rounds of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang back in training yesterday, which is positive in my opinion. As much as I think he's been under par in the last twelve months and I think he's struggled at various points, I still don't think that we're in a place yet where we can uh, play a following Balogun up front and and really rely on him from week to week. I, Partly because I don't think he's ready, but partly I think it's really unfair on the player. You know, people will talk about him get, be, being given an opportunity and how that would be a positive. But I think there'll be so much pressure on him to just get things right and, and provide that focal point to our attack whilst contributing goals. I just don't think he's ready yet. And I think it's really harsh and really unfair. Uh, to put that kind of pressure on him at this stage in his career. I really do. So fingers crossed that Abamyang is fit enough to start. Um, shame that Martin Odegaard isn't obviously available uh, by the looks of things, but Aaron Ramsdale is someone who um, is expected to be in the squad. Another new signing who's come in over the last few days. Uh, so yeah, lots of decisions for Mikel to make. Um, You know, let's see. Let's see what's going to happen. Let's see what the team news is going to tell us. But as I say, just wanted to come live, a little bit of a pre-match show. Um, We've talked about the Ben White stuff. If indeed that is true, Ben White could miss the game today, according to those reports. But we'll find out in a little bit, I guess. But I guess the main message I wanted to put across uh, in the lead up to this game is for those of you going to the Emirates Stadium, because there's been a lot of back and forth on my Twitter this morning. I've had a couple of people uh, kind of coming at me. I've been posting stuff about my kind of excitement to get back to Emirates Stadium. I'm looking forward to see my mates that I sit around that I haven't seen for the best part of 18 months. I'm looking forward to travelling up there uh, with the family. I'm looking forward to all of it. I'm looking forward to the day out. I think the game is going to be tough. I think we all know that. We all accept that. But while we're in that stadium, we have to be behind the players. We really do. And maybe I sound like a bit of a preacher. Maybe I sound like I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit. But it needs to be said because every time we post something about going back to the Emirates or the positivity around that, there are people jumping on it saying, oh, can't wait. You know, this is the beginning of the end for Mikel Arteta. And look, I didn't like Unai Emery. Yeah, I didn't think he was the right manager. I lost faith in him quite early on in his tenure, probably a lot earlier than a lot of people. And I took a lot of stick for that. I took a lot of criticism for that. And fine, you know, people have different opinions. That's not a problem. But at no point during Unai Emery's tenure, did I ever go to Emirates Stadium saying, I can't wait to be there and see Arsenal get battered so that we can move him on. I can't wait to be there and see him suffer and see him get abused by the crowd and and for people to make their feelings known to him. I've never ever felt that way about any Arsenal manager because even if I don't agree with all their methods, even if I don't think necessarily that they're the right person, even if I'm having doubts, I just don't see it as being helpful. I think there are there is a time and a place for criticism, there is a time and a place for analysis. And I don't think during the game is the time for that. I really don't. I think if you're at home and you're watching it on the TV and you've got the benefit of 10, 15 replays after every incident, you can sit there and you can say, yeah, you know, that that was wrong or the defender made a, a mistake or got caught out of position or whatever. But I think when you're in the stadium, your job is to get behind the team, regardless of how they're playing, regardless of whether you agree with the team selection, regardless of whether you agree uh, with how the team has been set out. For me, for me, it's all about getting behind the team. I think that's so, so important. And I just urge the people that are in the ground uh, to please do that today because we need it. You know, we're playing against the European champions. They're a much more superior side to us. They're a much better side than us. They've got a lot more quality, a lot more strength and depth. They've got a more experienced and, and better manager in Thomas Tuchel. So, they are the favourites. Therefore, we need our fans. We need the support. We need everybody to get behind the team. It's so, so important. I'm going to take a few of your questions, a few of your um uh, a few of your comments as well. Apologies for the darkness of the video. When I started the video, the sun was shining and now it's clouded over and I haven't put any lights on uh, to accommodate for that. If you're watching on YouTube, you're probably thinking he hasn't paid his electricity bill. Uh, Wondering Minstrel says rejoicing in others' misfortune is a terrible trait. Completely agree. Um you know, it, it really is uh, a horrible trait. Agreed. Uh Walhad says, I saw you said Besume is not in Arteta's plans and we shouldn't be obsessed about it. But the thing is, I don't trust Arteta's judgment. And that's fine. You know, there are a lot of people that don't trust Mikel Arteta's judgment. There are a lot of people that are unsure about the direction in which he's taking the team. All my point was yesterday on social media was, I, I lit- so I was working on the Inter-Genoa game. I finished. Uh, watching that and I went inside the house and I put my, I opened my Twitter app, hadn't looked at it for a while and what do I see? Comment after comment after comment after comment about Eves Basuma and how much Arsenal should have gone and got him and how much Arsenal need to bring him to the club. I agree that Some of our transfers have been a little bit questionable. I agree that you look at some of those deals that we've done and you wonder if they're going to be enough to elevate us to the level at which we need to be. But what's the point in obsessing about players that we don't have? That's like me sitting there saying, well, we should bring Messi to the club or we should bring Ronaldo to the club. Or, you know, back in the day, we should have brought Ronaldinho to the club or we should have brought, you know, Clarence Seydorf to the club. It's all irrelevant. Until Arsenal go out and try and bring that player to the club, it is all irrelevant. And my point was that throughout this transfer window, every single reliable journalist has told us that Yves Bissouma is not high up on Mikel Arteta's priority list this summer. Therefore, as far as I'm concerned, that rumour died weeks and months ago. So why are we still talking about it? That's what I find really, really frustrating. Yves Bissouma, as it stands today, 22nd of August, is not coming to Arsenal. You might like his performances in a Brighton shirt. You might think he's the one, but he's not here. So let's support the players we've got. Let's get behind the team that we've got and talk about what we can do and how we should approach the game against Chelsea today, because that's what's important. And I, for one, can't wait until the transfer window is is closed, because you get to this point where the transfer window almost supersedes matches. And that's not what football's about. Football is about what happens on the pitch between 11 against 11. That's how I see it. And I am buzzing to be back and buzzing to be watching football and focusing on the football. I said to you guys, uh, when the preseason matches started, how relieved I was to be talking about actual football again, and not just transfer rumour after transfer rumour after transfer rumour. And today, I-, I promise you that whether we get beat, whether we win, whatever we do, I will not be talking about transfers in the review show. We will be talking about what happened on that pitch, what the players that we actually have at our disposal did well or didn't do well. And that's what we'll be focusing on, because that's all that matters. Transfer speculation, it gets people excited. It gets people uh, going. But Transfer speculation about a player that we've been told on numerous occasions, we have no interest in signing this summer, just feels unnecessary and pointless to me. And it just heaps pressure on the midfielders that we actually do have. So uh, I don't really see the benefit of it. Uh, Amwesh says uh, yesterday City scored five, had four shots on target. Arsenal system is very similar to City's, except they have lots of talented players who don't commit a lot of errors. Also, a lot of their chances come from the left. Thank you Anmesh for your very very kind uh super chat there and some great points there about Manchester City and potentially some of the similarities uh between uh between Arsenal and and what well between Mikel Arteta's Arsenal and Manchester City. We're not at that level yet. Uh we're nowhere near there. But um yeah interesting uh, interesting comparison for sure. Uh, Joe E says, did you see Klopp's comments about the second goal we conceded against Brentford? Seemed pretty angry about it and mentioned the decision in two different interviews. I did see that. And actually, Jürgen Klopp was irritating me at the back end of the last season. I found him a little bit prickly when it was unnecessary. And I actually really liked that interview. I liked the way he shut uh, Ian Abrahams down, the moose, as he's known on TalkSport. <sighs> I'm not a massive fan of Uh, of his style sometimes I think that I'm talking about the moose here um you know don't know the guy personally but uh, you know I I liked the fact that he tried to kind of justify the decision with making this poor argument about football changing and times moving um and that, that that kind of decision wouldn't have been given in the 70s or 80s for what it's worth I don't think it was a foul um, I don't think there was enough in that to be a foul, but Klopp made some valid points. And I did find it brilliant the way Klopp shut the moose down by saying you wouldn't want to drive the same car in the 70s, uh, the, the same car that you drove in the 70s and 80s as you do now. So he made the point that things should change, things should improve, things should move on. And, and I really like that from Jürgen Klopp. The way he shut him down, I thought it was, was quite fantastic. Um, right think we're going to leave it there. I need to get ready and uh, get moving because I'm heading down to Emirates Stadium today. I'll bring you a short video on the channel just after the game from outside the ground. We'll talk a little bit about what happened, some immediate post-match reaction, and then I'll bring you the full podcast this evening. Those of you listening on audio, you're not going to get the short reaction video. It'll be exclusive to YouTube only, but if you want to uh, check that out, come over to the YouTube channel and have a quick look. what else have we got? Uh, you know what? Before I go, I'm just going to address this one. I shouldn't really do this, but I'm going to. Pork Chop Express. First of all, who names himself Pork Chop Express? But anyway, your channel is part of the problem. You know the boys have been shit. You know the manager's shit, but you pretend that they're not. All you're asked about is more subscribers. Embarrassing. I'll tell you what. Is embarrassing is a comment like that. And I'll tell you why that's an embarrassing comment. Because actually, if I did go down that route of effing and blinding and cursing and putting down the club at every single opportunity I got, I guarantee you I'd have more subscribers than I do now. The evidence is there. Look at the toxic channels, the ones that people label as toxic. They're much bigger than this. They're much bigger than this. And part of the reason they're much bigger than this is because people. Are attracted to that. People are, um, people find that appealing for some strange reason. I I don't think that's the way to go because that's not the way I view Arsenal. If I was to sit there, um, you know, if I was to sit there and, um, and slag off Arsenal for the sake of it, I'd be lying just to get clicks, lying just to get views, lying to act in a certain way that. Uh, puts me in the, in a good light with certain people, and that's not what I'm doing here. These are my genuine, honest opinions about Arsenal Football Club. There is no agenda here, and uh, whether you like it or not, um, toxicity works. It pays. It attracts people. And uh, Mr. Pork Chop Express, uh, I suggest that if this is not the channel for you, then you head off in that direction and watch one of those channels because uh, I'm not going to be drawn into it by people trying to tell me that I'm uh, I'm lying or I'm pretending uh, to be positive about the club. If that's what you want, this is not the place for you, mate. With all due respect, enjoy your Sunday, but head off somewhere else. Right, we're going to leave it there. I will catch you all a little bit later on today after the game. Until then, take care. And come on, you Gunners, get behind the team. Red Army!